So something good came out of today's date. I mean, it's kind of bittersweet, definitely bittersweet, but it's better as opposed to what the date meant for my last episode. And of course, my last episode was me doing, you know, a Donald Pleasant's Remembrance, Dr. Loomis, you know, my favorite scenes. He had passed away, unfortunately, February 2nd, 1995. And while this is bittersweet because the person is no longer with us, I guess there's a celebration to also be had because February 2nd also marks the birthday of Dwayne Jones. Now, Dwayne Jones played Ben in Night of the Living Dead. He played in he was in Beach Street. He was in a film called Ganja and Hess. Dwayne Jones has got a um he's got a resume that I'm pissed off that I'm not as familiar with as I should be considering how much I liked him as Ben in Night of the Living Dead. That was the first movie I ever saw him in. And I remember when I first saw Beach Street, he was, I can't remember his character's name, but he was always around Ray Dawn Chan. And I remember the main guy who played Kenny, I can't remember the actor's name, but I do remember that he thought that Dwayne Jones and Ray Dawn Chan had a thing going on. But I remember when I first saw Beach Street, and I saw Dwayne Jones, I snapped. I'm like, yo, that's that's Ben from Night Living Dead, but he's he's got gray hairs that's scattered and he's got a mustache and shit. Like, you know, but I know his face. I knew who he was, man. And he, along with George A. Romero, broke some barriers back in 1968, man. They did with uh with Night Living Dead. The fact that, you know, the character of Ben wasn't cast uh for any particular person, you know, wasn't for a black person, wasn't for a white person. It just was Ben. And um, according to George A. Romero, that's what it was. But, you know, for Dwayne Jones to audition and get the role and back in 68, where there was still lots and lots of racial tension and stuff like that to have, you know, your protagonist be black was a big thing. And not only did it work, not only was it effective, but it was it became something that was historical. So that, you know, one of the reasons that movie means a lot to me, you know, the older I the older I get and the more I can understand social commentary and uh, references and in, in, in films and stuff like that. So, you know, Dwayne Jones will always be remembered for that. February 2nd, 1937 was when he was born, man. July 22nd, 1988, he passed away. Young, another young one, man, 51. I know I said Donald Pleasance was 75, and that was that was fairly young by today's standards, but 51 is just, it's damn near untimely, man. It really is, and, you know, I can only imagine, you know, the cast members, I watched a documentary a while back where the cast members were talking about Dwayne Jones and they spoke so highly of him, man. And he spoke so highly of them. He said it was a great camaraderie that they had on set amongst the, the, you know, the actors, the actresses, the crew members and stuff. And Carl Hartman, who played Cooper, it's funny how two people had, you know, I mean, I know it's film and two people who translated their hate, you know, they, they had hate towards each other in character. But to see Carl Hardman, who played Harry Cooper in the movie, to see him break down crying when he talks about Dwayne Jones and he he says, you know, he was talking about how fair it wasn't for, you know, Dwayne Jones to go so early on, man. It's just it was it's a really beautiful thing to hear the type of person he was in the in these documentaries and these interviews from people that actually closely knew him. So with that being said. What I want to do in remembrance of my man, Dwayne Jones, is, you know, 
like I did in the episode prior, I want to do my top five scenes, you know, Dwayne Jones as Ben in Night of the Living Dead 1968. Now, of course, this is my favorite movie of all time. It's crazy how I went from my it's crazy how today is working. Like February 2nd is the day that one of my favorite actors from my second favorite horror movie ever passed away. And it's the birthday of one of my favorite actors who's in my first favorite horror movie of all time. It's weird, man, how, you know, the puzzle pieces fit together sometimes. But yeah, uh, Night Living Dead is definitely my favorite movie of all time. It's one of the things that made me, you know, find my find my calling as a writer. And the character of Ben will forever live on in my heart and soul because not only was he, you know, the token black guy for the time, he was the lead. He was the main guy. You know, you think Barbara Judith O'Day is going to be the lead character. And while she starts to be, she kind of is MIA for a little bit, like mentally, you know, um, uh, psychologically, she's mentally what the hell am I talking about? Psychologically, she's MIA, basically, you know, and, and you know, Dwayne Jones character, Ben has to step up and step up. He does in more ways than one. So my number five scene I'm going to start with for Ben in Night of Living Dead is when Ben establishes himself as the boss of the upstairs. Now, when Ben gets there, you know, they dispose of a couple zombies. Well, he ex he disposes of a couple zombies. He does one of the things that I would never forgive his character for, which is he punches the shit out of Barbara to the point where she gets in, she goes into like a brief coma for a little bit. I always hated that scene. I never understood why they had to have the black guy. hit. The, I mean, I know it wasn't written for a role, but it's like, come on, man. You could have done a lot better than that. But, you know, they find out that there are people that are downstairs seeking refuge. And those people are Tom, Harry Cooper, and you don't see them at first, but uh, Judy, who's Tom's girlfriend, Helen, who's Harry's wife, and Karen, who is um, Harry's daughter, are in the basement as well. But when Tom and Harry come up, Ben's already irked because he's like, listen, like, y'all been down there this whole time and you've been hearing everything that's going on. She's been screaming. We've been killing zombies up here and, you know... Uh, making pop tarts and shit watching hollywood squares we've been doing everything under the sun and y'all didn't come up and help like one second and you know he, he ben's giving harry a lot of shit they're they're going at each other's necks and you can automatically see these two characters are not going to get along for the rest of this movie and this is this is pretty early on when they're introduced for the most part because you spend a lot of time with ben boarding up the house and they actually show it like they let the scenes play out but off the rip, Ben is not fucking with Cooper at all. You know, Cooper is like, yeah, the cellar is the safest place. And Ben's kind of like, yo, like, I didn't even ask you any of that because he, he says it like right off the rip. He's like, you guys been down there? He's like, yeah, cellar, safest place. And, you know, Ben's just not impressed by all of it. First of all, I did all this work up here. I got everything I need up here. I did all this boarding up. The girl is up here who I have, who I'm responsible for. And you're talking about the seller. No. And he's just not buying it at all. Tom is kind of trying to, you know, play the middleman, but he's just, you know, such a lightweight in character who holds no type of say so whatsoever in the entire movie. RIP shout out to Keith Wayne. I know he's no longer with us, but the character of Tom is just, spot as useful as a box of snow i just that's a whole nother topic I'll, i won't even get into it but ben basically 
he is going against the grain. He's telling Cooper, listen, we can take everything that you have up here and we can take it downstairs so we can get away from those things. There's too many windows, there's too many entrances, not enough exits in his mind. And Ben is kind of the opposite where he's like, you know, there are no exits down there. If they were to come down there, then, you know, we're all fucked. So Ben basically, he's, you know, in a nutshell, he tells him like, listen, your daughter's down there. Okay, well, I feel bad that, you know, her old man is so stupid. And he basically tells him, you know, get your ass down in the cellar and you run shit down there. And I, I, I'll keep it. I'll keep it. You know, I'll keep it G up here, basically. So he already establishes himself. He's like, yo, I'm the alpha. You might have been here before, but I probably put in way more work since I've been here. And I'm responsible for this girl who I unfortunately just cold cocked and she fell on, you know, she fell asleep. And she's on the couch in a coma. But I love that Ben is taking charge, man. The alpha the alpha shit doesn't really, it doesn't play out a lot well in zombie movies because they always end up, you know, the ones that try to be the alpha always end up slipping up. And, I mean, which he did ultimately, ultimately at the end. But, you know, Ben's still forever the boss of the upstairs. You know, y'all can be the boss down there. My number four scene with Ben is beating cooper's ass whooping his ass which he should have i feel like if like if i ever get a chance to make this fan film you know which is a very 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 modern take on night of the living dead basically but what i want to do is i want to show everything that they didn't show but they talked about you know cooper's car getting turned over ben at beekman's diner like i want to show all of that shit but if i get a chance to do that I'm going to have Ben beat the brakes off of Cooper in, in, in that scene. Y'all fans out there know what I'm talking about. But basically, they go out for gas and shit goes awry, which I will get to in a second because that's also on my list. Shit goes awry and Ben has to run back. He has to make his way through the zombies back. So when he's knocking on the door for Cooper to open the door, Cooper is literally on his way down the steps to leave him outside. What a piece of shit human being, man. And anybody like that out here deserves to get their ass beat. I mean, if I'm home and somebody pops up without, you know, checking with me first, yeah, I'm going to leave your ass outside. However, if it's zombies out there and I know you might possibly get torn limb from limb and get your entrails taken out on my on my porch, I'll probably let you in as long as I know you are not a security risk. But Cooper was just a fucking asshole in the movie and he literally is on his way downstairs and he's kind of hesitant. While Ben is outside banging on the door, you know, uh, yelling for him. So Ben kicks the door down. And when he kicks the door down, Cooper's on his way down again. But he gets caught in the act. And Ben just has this. He's got the Kobe Bryant death stare. Like when Kobe was looking at the coach. I want to say his name was Mike Brown at the time for the Lakers. When Kobe was looking at him like, listen. If if I don't kill you, something else is going. Something's going to happen. It'd probably be worse. But so. This is the funny thing, because when he catches Cooper in the act, he, he gives him that death stare, but he automatically starts putting the boards back on the on the front door and nailing up. So Cooper, I guess he feels like, man, I'm already going to get my ass whooped. So Cooper actually helps him hold up the hold up the boards and, you know, nail everything shut. So when everything's secure, Cooper gives him that look like, oh, for real, like that's what you're going to do. And Cooper's kind of like. Nah, man, please don't do this. And then Ben just starts wailing on him. Now, it's 1968. It's very dated. It's, the sound effects are cheesy. It's like cheesier sound effects than uh, Indiana Jones. As nostalgic as it can be, it's just like 
you can see the punches aren't really landing, but it's the thought that counts, man. It's my favorite movie. So Ben just starts wailing on him, punching him, punching him, punching him into the next room. So he punches him one more time. He falls over. He gives him, you know, he grabs him by his shirt, gives him one more slug to the face, and then he picks him up again, picks his little cowering ass up again off the ground and throws him in the chair. And he looks him dead in his face. And he says to Cooper, he's like, I'll I'll drag you out there and feed you to those things. And then Cooper just he has a smack face while he's got a bloody nose and serves him right, man, because he's a shit human being, man. You know, you don't you don't do that to people, especially I I always felt like and I knew Cooper was racist in these movies. You know, it was a black white thing. You know, Cooper was the one that i don't even care if he wants to stick together and has a good plan i don't like him like it's like come on man like you're you're one of those like those old war veterans it's like you know how many of your kind i killed back in dong tree i don't even know if that's a that's a real place i just said it just to say it but yeah of course being cooper's ass is my number four my number three scene with ben would be i call it the tire iron workout and of course that's when Ben first gets to the house, not when he first gets to the house, but a couple moments after he gets to the house and he's at, you know, he's asking Barbara, they look out the window, he's asking Barbara, you know, there's two of them out there. Have you seen any more? But he tells her, you know, I can take care of those two. So clearly Ben has been a goon before he even came to this farmhouse. Of course, he was talking about the, he gives the Beekman's diner story, but we get a taste of who Ben really is, you know, like, and what he's been doing since this epidemic has been happening and clearly he's been whooping ass so he goes outside which and it's weird because i will make this mention real quick the um land of the dead was foreshadowed in this movie a lot when the zombies are using tools um there's a zombie that picks up a brick and smashes ben's headlight on his truck then when he goes outside to take care of the zombies the zombie picks up another brick and smashes his other headlight to make it even darker outside. But Ben, he's swinging that tire iron, man, and he's beating the shit out of these zombies. He's, he's like caving their heads in. You can't see it, but you can um, you can see the zombies like sluggishly trying to fight them off. But you can hear the sound effects. He's cr- he's cramming this thing into their heads and just disposing of them at all costs. So he kills two zombies outside with tire iron and... Um, you know, he's I, I feel like he's in shock, like because he just had to kill these two zombies um, because he takes a while to get back in the house and him taking a while to get back in the house. There's a zombie that looks like Pee Wee Herman is inching closer and closer towards Barbara. So he you know, he grabs her out the way and he struggles with the zombie a little bit. I, I mean, I I guess it's plausible because, you know, dead weight ain't no joke. Um, and. He's struggling with the zombie for a little bit and they have a little scuffle on the ground. Nothing really major, nothing life threatening. But I guess for back then you didn't know, you know, whether the zombie was going to overpower Ben or not, which is cool. But Ben grabs that tire iron again. He gets the, you know, the sharper end and sticks that shit right into the dude's forehead. And he he sticks it to the point where he puts both his hands on the top of the tire iron to make sure that shit's in there safely, safely and securely. But then he pulls it out and then you can see the puncture wound in the guy's head. It's kind of it's a good effect for 1968. And the crazy thing is, right after that, Ben is catching another breath after killing a zombie in a living room and he kind of like double takes because he has to look at the back door and there's a zombie in a bathrobe just walking inside the house so he winds up and he pokes the zombie in the face with the pokes him in the eye with the tire iron and he sees that there are other zombies behind that zombie so you know he closes the door 
puts a table against it. But I love that he didn't have a gun at this point. He was just using what he had. He had a tire iron and he was just being as resourceful as he could during a zombie apocalypse. That's one of the things I like I want to apply to when I write my own script for this is I want to have them, you know, not have guns per se. Maybe one that they find later on in the story, but make a whole bunch of makeshift weapons, you know, and have a whole bunch of shit that was just lying around the house that could be useful. And that's what Ben did, man. So shout out to the inventor of the tire iron. So my number two, and this is this definitely deserved to be up there. And I don't know how I almost forgot it when I was making my list is it's it's a it's a three parter, but it coincides with one another because it happens right after, you know, one thing happens after the other. And my number two scene would be when Ben shoots Cooper as the zombies are breaking in. And when Ben shoots Cooper, when he is zombified and when Ben shoots Helen, when he's zombified, because this is another testament of who Ben is as a character. Ben has taken a lot of shit at this point. He has taken a lot of shit at this point. And the fact that all Cooper is worried about, and this is after casualties, people have died at this point at the end of the movie, the zombies are breaking in. All Ben wants is some help at the window. And he's he's pleading with Cooper to give him help at this window. And he doesn't get the help he wants. And all Cooper can look at is the rifle on the ground that Ben has just dropped. So Ben's over there struggling. The zombies are breaking in. The hands are grabbing onto him. What the fuck does Cooper do? He picks up the rifle, the Winchester. He cocks it back. And he's just like, yeah. He's like, you now you want to stay up here? You want to stay up here now? And then he, he looks at his wife and he tells her to get in the cellar. So Ben says fuck it at this point, man. Because he's endured too much. And he's just fed up. And I understand his frustration. Because it's like, there are people in this world that we hate. And hate is a strong word, but you 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 deal with so much from a person until it becomes too much, if that makes any sense. So Ben just says, fuck it, man. He, he doesn't care if the zombies get in at this point. He takes the, uh, the block of wood off of the window to secure it, and he throws it at Cooper. And Cooper kind of loses his balance, so now they're fighting over the gun. It's real dramatic. There's dramatic music playing. Helen's eyes are widening. I love the shot of her eyes widening because she doesn't know what's about to happen. So Ben gets the upper hand. Cooper falls over, and Ben cocks the shotgun back again, and... He shoots Cooper in the stomach and he kind of, you know, while the rifle barrel is smoking, he just has this look on his face of just satisfaction. And I listen, I completely understand because this guy is a security risk. It's something that I said before in one of my zombie episodes. It's like, listen, if you are security risk, your ass has to go. You have to go. You're either not getting let in or you got to go altogether, man. I'm sorry. I, I like it's, it's nothing you can do at that point other than kill this motherfucker because obviously he doesn't give a shit about your life or his because he's he's putting his his wife and his daughter in jeopardy so he doesn't give a shit about anything so he had to shoot him and it's crazy because there is a sad moment afterwards because cooper goes down in the cellar and he sees his daughter and while he sees his daughter he um you know he he had he puts his hand over his face almost like he's disappointed like he's failed his daughter you know like he's failed to protect her and that's the only sympathetic scene or shot i see from cooper in the entire movie now with that being said ben finds himself in the cellar um how ironic is that you know the one place he wanted to steer clear from he is finding himself seeking shelter down there to 
you know, to uh, to save his life because all the zombies are broken in at this point. So he goes down there. Helen's been killed by Karen. She's been stabbed to death with a trowel of all things. Another foreshadow of Land of the Dead. Zombies using weapons. And he sees Cooper has been partially eaten. He died from the gunshot wound, but he's been partially eaten by his daughter. So he's looking back and forth at the dead bodies. Cooper, Cooper, you know, his eyes are already open, but he starts rising up. He's a zombie. And Ben cocks the, you know, the rifle back again. And he's walking up to him kind of like, I think I'm going to, I don't know whether I'm going to enjoy when I killed you as a human or whether I'm going to enjoy killing you now. And I think he enjoys killing him at, in that moment better because he shoots him three more times after he gives him a headshot, you know, like and, and he's really enjoying it. But I don't maybe not so much because he goes over to the corner and, he, you know, he put he puts his face in his in his elbow and shit in his arm and he's just reflecting. And then he he double takes because he has to look at Helen. Helen turns into a zombie. So you hear a gunshot go off. He kills her and he kind of like looks down and. You know, he has a sad look on his face because I guess he didn't want to kill Helen. She was a sweet woman and she she understood that Ben was trying to help, but she knew her husband was an asshole. So that was that scene is just I feel like it shows who Ben was. You know, he he was a good person at the end of the day. But it's like, listen, I need to survive. You know, my survival instincts speak more volumes than the bullshit you got going on with me and all this other stuff you got going on. You know, like so Cooper, his ass had to go, man, twice twice he killed that man twice now to wrap this up i'm gonna keep this short my number one sequence with dwayne jones as ben from night of living dead is the going for the gas sequence when i say every single time i watch this movie i always think this outcome is going to be complete i think it's going to be different no matter how many times i've seen this movie and i know the ins and outs the lines whatever I think it's going to go different because the plan had so much promise. Let's get the gas. Let's get back in here. Let's board the ship back up until we figure out where we're going. Then we we pile everybody in the truck and then we the fuck out. Period. That's it. It's simple. But then when you got a fucking poindexter like Tom at the gas pump driving, you know, you got this dippy ass broad as Judy as his girlfriend who just wasn't even supposed to go outside to begin with. She wasn't even a part of the plan. But she ran. Cooper tried to stop her. She ran out when, you know, Ben's got the the the, uh, the torch in his hand looking like a badass. Tom's in the driver's seat in the truck waiting for takeoff. Judy's ass runs out like a fucking uh, like an alley cat. Like she don't know what the hell is going on. Cooper doesn't stop her. So he closes the door. But Ben's like, listen, just just come on, man. So shit's already fucked up. The plan is already not going according Lee. So. They, you know, Ben hops in the back. He's fending off the zombies with the torch and, you know, they get to the gas pump and when they get out the gas pump, Tom or when they get out the truck, Tom puts the key in the gas pump and apparently it's the wrong key. It doesn't work. And Ben, who is a crack shot, apparently who is, he was actually um, dead shot before dead shot was on screen because Ben shoots the lock off this fucking gas pump with no problem. How that was safe. I have no idea because it's like, what if he missed and you had a scene out of, um, you know, Night Living Dead, the remake from 1990. Shit could have went bad, but apparently he had that much confidence that he shot the lock off that thing. But you got Tom, you got Tom basically, um, you got Tom uh, who grabs, who grabs the fucking, the, the, I, I, and I'm, it's, it's beyond me. 
because he grabs the fucking um you know the the, the, the he grabs the fucking girl's pump and and when he grabs her he he spills the gas everywhere everywhere yo <laughs> and for the life of me I want to punch the, not just not the actor because he's no longer with us the character I want to punch him in his fucking face every single time I know how to pump gas I wasn't always the best at it because I don't drive much but this motherfucker like he was living in a cave or some shit like that. And he just grabbed it like it was a brand new super soaker toy. Because the way he grabs this shit, this nozzle, he sprays it all over the place. Like he's in a fucking big pimping video. Like you would think like it was Melissa Ford and Pasha and all them little video vixens that used to be popping back in the 2000s. You would think they was on the ground underneath the truck because this motherfucker is spilling this shit like it's Cristal Champagna. You know what I'm saying? And not only does Ben have the torch on the ground... He sprays, he's, Tom sprays the gasoline and the torch catches fire, you know, the torch causes the back of the truck to catch fire. Fire! And then he's like trying to maneuver around it and he's like, we gotta get away from the pump. So, you leave Ben. You peel off without Ben. You peel off with your chick in the car. Now, Ben's standing next to the gas pump, which probably isn't safe because it's fire, but he's trying to stop the fire, so maybe we can have a chance of still having some gas. You know, we don't need the, the gas pump to explode, so Tom peels off, leaves the black guy. You know what? I'm not making this a black and white thing right now, but he leaves Ben. He fucking leaves him. At least in the remake, he wanted uh, Judy to go back for him because they didn't realize they left him, or she didn't realize she left him. Tom was trying to um actually hold him onto the back of the truck in the remake, so shout out to the remake, but... They drive back to the house and Tom's like, all right, let's get out of here. And Judy's seat, her jacket's caught in the seat or the seat belt. So when Tom goes back to save her, the fucking car, the fucking truck explodes. It explodes, people. Now, I can only imagine the audience reaction to when this fucking, like, to when everything was playing out, like, up until the moment of the truck exploding, man. But the fact that Ben only had that gun and that torch to save himself and get back to the house, more badass shit, man more badass shit i love it i love it but it's just a shame what he had to go through to get back to that house ben was ben went through a lot more shit than the people in this movie like it was a lot of shit weighing on his shoulders but i guess when you in, in horror movies especially like zombie movies when you want to be that alpha guy when you want to be that ben when you want to be that that peter in dawn of the dead when you want to be um, you know, even that Rhodes character in Day of the Dead, even though he was a bad guy, he was the alpha type character. When you want to be the Rick, you know, of, of The Walking Dead, there's you're putting the world on your shoulders. You're putting everybody's lives in your hand at that point. And that's, a, you know, I'll be the alpha for me and mine, but not everybody else. You motherfuckers can y'all can do what y'all want. But that just goes to show the type of character, the type of characteristics Dwayne Jones brought to the character of Ben, man. And uh like I said, another rest in peace shout out and a happy birthday shout out to Dwayne Jones, man. He was uh, an icon, man, in one of my favorite movies of all time. He is literally a part of history. Night of Living Dead is is definitely a part of cinematic history, man. That movie will never be forgotten. It will always stand the test of time. Every single time is, you know, there's no comparison to make, no nothing to it. And I'm glad that Dwayne Jones was a part of that, man. And, and, and as, as unfortunate it was for the character Ben's demise at the end, you know, he he ended up being the last one alive, but he gets shot 
by the militia at the end of the movie and he gets burned because you know they mistake him for a zombie but as unfortunate it is um i remember george romero saying that they wanted to they they were told to change the ending of the movie and because they didn't change the ending of the movie they didn't get the type of distribution that they were supposed to get because when you know Dwayne jones character dies at the end he gets shot in the head you know and i remember george romero saying in an interview that once they literally finished the print of the movie they you know they finished the movie they threw the movie to print in the in the trunk of a car and they heard on the radio when they were driving back that martin luther king had been assassinated you know this was right after they made the movie so the the distributors i think wanted them to change the ending because it would cause an uproar it was controversy your only black character who's your protagonist gets shot basically assassinated at the end of the movie but kudos to george a romero because had he would have changed that ending and you know went along and played ball like and that's one of the things i loved about him is he went against the grain and he didn't he was not one to play ball much he wanted to make his own movies and shout out to him rest in peace shout out to him also because had he would have changed that end and the movie would not have been as effective as it was today you know it's a fucked up ending is really morbid and sad but it's one of the reasons it is historic and it's as effective as it is today you know you can still watch it you can show it to you know you can show that movie to somebody who's never seen it and i don't know how you know by today's standards black people do die often in movies but by today's standards it would be hit or miss for people um kind of probably how it would have been hit or miss for people back then but you probably people probably wouldn't know like the naked eye wouldn't know that he was going to get shot like that at the end you know they would probably see the militia with their dogs and you know getting a handle on shit and they would probably think that you know uh Dwayne Jones would possibly make it out which unfortunately he didn't but you know that goes to make for a very you know that was a probably one of the first shock value endings I ever saw in a movie it was really hard to watch for me personally and uh if anybody goes back to that commentary i did very early on when i started the podcast for night living dead 68 you can you can see my reaction to ben getting shot at the end of the movie but yes people that concludes my you know my in remembrance Dwayne jones episode people follow the podcast episodes and furthermore on anchor spotify itunes google podcast apple podcast overcast pocket cast breaker and radio public hopefully it'll be on more platforms because anchor shout out to them is going to look out for me hopefully sooner than later follow me romero tudor on facebook and instagram follow the facebook movie group the cinemaniacs shout out to the tudor reviewers man y'all are my fuel y'all keep me going y'all keep me motivated i'm doing this for y'all man i'm still you know i hopefully i can't wait till i get to like a thousand episodes or something and have a big celebration or something like that but i know once i hit the 300 i'm definitely going to give y'all another uh you know, a shout out and thank you episode, but I appreciate all the love and support that people have been showing me for this, man. It means a lot. And it's the reason why I'm still going, you know, hopefully this will go a long way and branch off into something bigger, bigger brand, man. That's the, that's the 2020 way of thinking. That's the 2020 way of seeing things. So yours truly people Romero Tudor, another episode of Tudor reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.